Welcome. You are listening to a broadcast by Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partner for smart and powerful generosity. And here is your host, Reverend Philip Leo, Director of Church Communications. We're going to be talking about money problems that we lose sleep over. My name is Philip Leo. I am Church Communications Director at Barnabas Foundation. And I'm so happy to have with me John Bolt, Director of Finance and Operations. And before we got on live, I was telling him, I was talking to John about his new title, which I have no idea what that title is. All I know is there's a word deputy in it, and I feel like it should come with a badge. And um, so if that ever happens, let me know, because I want to see that badge. (laughs) So welcome, John. Uh, I just just want to put a few reminders uh, for folks out this morning. Uh, the main site for all of the Barnabas Foundation resources for churches is church.barnabasfoundation.com, and I'll be referring to that later on. The main source for all of the resources related to financial shalom is crcna.org backslash financial shalom. And the reason I'm saying that right now is because John and I are going to be talking about a lot of all of those resources or most of those resources, and that's where you can find it. Uh, Again, crcna.org backslash financial shalom. Also, if you have questions for John uh, and myself as we have this conversation this morning, feel free to use the question and answer button and uh, we'll make this interactive this morning and have a conversation together, John and I. We're just saying how we've been looking forward to having this conversation and having some fun this morning. And John, I'm so uh, grateful to you for your time and for your willingness to to share this time. So welcome to you. Thank you. Good to be here. So we're going to be talking about money problems that we lose sleep over. There's, of course, lots of uh, things that we lose sleep over. And money problems sometimes is is, uh, uh, the cause of some of those uh, worst sleepless nights. And uh, we're thinking about church leaders, we're thinking about pastors in particular, John, and for many pastors, they have that sort of um, double vision of their own personal finances, but then church finances. And of course, they don't share the uh, burden alone of church finances. Uh, there's There's a team of leaders along with them for that, but still... It's, uh, it's something that pastoral leadership pays attention to. Um, John, you've worked uh, with pastors for many, many years. Uh, from you, where you sit, what are some of the unique challenges that pastors face when it comes to money problems, their own uh, personal challenges, but also challenges related to church finance? Well, I, I think one of the things that, that many ministers, uh, uh, I think, need to remember is their issues are probably very similar to what a lot of people in the congregation encounter. Uh, but we find that ministers tend to think that they need to be able to solve theirs without uh, some of the help that the other congregants uh, can take advantage of. Uh, when we first started Financial Shalom, we were reaching out to ministers and seeing who had problems with credit card debt or student debt, or even just being able to afford Christian day school education. And one of the things that struck me was 
how many ministers didn't feel they could take advantage of some of the uh, programs their local congregation offered to the uh, to the other members in the church. Uh, we had ministers who said, well, I'm really struggling making that tuition bill, but they didn't feel they were entitled maybe to, to ask the church for help the way other people do. Uh, the other thing is, is too often, I think ministers are sort of looked at as, as perhaps even the balancing point in some churches. Uh, if, a, if a congregation starts to have some financial trouble, it's often uh, the minister's package, his compensation package, that people start to uh, question and to ask, uh, should we make adjustments? And my response has always been, the minister and their family are just one of the members of the congregation. We really need to make sure that, that we bring this as a group. And uh, too often the minister, I think, it just gets singled out. So they, they have a tough situation. Uh, most ministers have gone through a tremendous amount of schooling. So student debt can be an issue for them just as it is for any other family. Uh, we find sometimes ministers have, have had to try to make ends meet by using their credit cards. And uh, this can easily get away from you. So what we've done with Financial Shalom now is we, we've tried to create a place, a safe place for ministers to go to really try to begin to ask for help. One of the features that we introduced in Financial Shalom uh, early last year, and it's still in place today, is a relationship with an organization called LSS. Uh, used to be known as Lutheran Social Services, but it's it's a group that reaches out to all denominations and uh, focuses primarily at, at uh, ministers. But we have a, a relationship with them. And if somebody needs some help with trying to figure out how do they handle some of this uh, credit card debt or student debt or just some budget issues, we really encourage you to uh, to connect through the Financial Shalom site and you can go to LSS and get some help. And Financial Shalom is paid LSS, so there's no charge to you for this. It's, it's a great service that, that ministers can begin to take advantage of. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one of the really cool resources that I'm so thankful for through Financial Shalom. And I think that's for six sessions, isn't that right, John? Well, they, they will do as, you know, up to six as their normal, but we have had special situations where a few more have been required and uh, they are, are very happy to try to accommodate as much as they can. But within those six sessions, they should be able to, uh, to make some good progress, uh, particularly on credit card debt is sort of their specialty. But uh, with student debt, uh, they're also able to give you some counseling on, on what you should be doing with that. Right now, there's so many uh, moratoriums on repayments that, especially during this pandemic that the federal government has put in, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out just, well, where are we at now on this whole process? Because often with student debt, even though you may get a relief from making payments, the interest tends to still accumulate and suddenly what you thought was a balance that was under control can get to be large and sort of scary. 
Absolutely. You know, I'm just thinking about what you said earlier, John, about sometimes uh, pastors, um, those on church staff feel as if uh, the resources available to church members are not available to them. And I think some of that is in, um, because church leaders and pastors are servants and uh, they see themselves there to serve the church. And um, they also know that in many instances, their church is paying their salary and uh, perhaps they feel like by making use of whatever resources are available, um, they are being sort of a further drain on the church system or on the church finances. That's one of the things that uh, makes me really glad for resources through financial shalom is because that's, it's a dedicated set of resources specifically uh, for pastors. And um, that seems to take away some of that element of feeling like, well, I don't qualify or I'm just a drain on my system. Even though I don't think that's the case, um, it at least takes that dynamic out of play so that um, people are able to go get some help if they need some. Well, and, and the other thing too is, is that uh, if a minister feels like they do need to get some help, who do they turn to? Because if they turn to their church council, often these are close personal friends and it's, it's embarrassing for a lot of people. And that embarrassment stops them from taking the steps they really need to do. Yeah. So financial shalom is one way for us to, to try to help uh, to connect a pastor with the right type of resources. But one of the things that's in financial shalom too is, is we also wanna make sure that somebody in the council or in the congregation is aware of the situation. Uh, because too often ministers tend to uh, almost suffer in silence when really what they need to do is understand that the, the family that's in that congregation, the family of other believers can really come around them and provide them as much support as any other family in the congregation that might be in a moment of need. Right. Yeah. I really appreciate that sensitivity, John. I think that's something that you've uh, just demonstrated over and over again is sensitivity to the unique uh, position that pastoral staff finds themselves in, uh, in their context and in, in their community. When, when you think, I guess when you think about that position of a pastor, um, is there a scenario or two that comes to mind right away that seems to be common or uh, that you've seen a lot of? Well, I, I think one of the things, and, and we, it's a bit of a stereotype, but I, I think there's some truth to it. Ministers through their education and their, their, even their personalities tend to be very people focused and often just don't really pay that much attention to, I would say, sort of the financial side of, of items. Um, now that doesn't, I'm not trying to say all ministers don't know anything about finance, but that is, tends to be not the focus for a lot. And we sort of forget sometimes that we, we just need to be helpful and, and give some common uh, understandings. Uh, financial shalom is there uh, in, in a lot of ways to try to help ministers. Uh, 
The other thing to remember too is that uh, it's not only financial shalom, but uh, the denominational office is here for ministers uh, who have questions. When I took this job, now I've been in this position 18 years. Uh, and when I first took this role, I never thought I'd be talking to ministers or church members. I just assumed it was going to be a, a simple administrative role. But I get inquiries and calls several times a week from people with you know various questions. How does that housing tax piece work? What should I do about my budget? Where would I go for help for X, Y, or Z? And so I do encourage uh, uh, ministers, if, if you're not sure where to reach, you can always reach into the denominational office and we can try to get you connected to the right place and, and to give you support. You know, John, uh, I'm thinking back a couple of months ago, I had a conversation with a church elder and she was sharing with me her concern about her pastor. And she was saying that uh, she wasn't positive that uh, her pastor had been saving for retirement. And um, I'm wondering if, I, obviously that's, that's a, you know, have I saved enough for retirement is an issue for everyone. Everyone wonders about that. Will there be enough in retirement? Um, so it's not any different for, for pastors, uh, I'm sure of it. Are there any resources, um, any leads you would have for pastors who are wondering about uh, their retirement and whether or not enough has been saved? Well, retirement really comes from some several sources. And sometimes we think of it as a three-legged stool. You have what your employer provides, you have what your government can provide you, and you have what you've created on your own. And for many, many people, it becomes a three-legged stool with one leg almost missing. Uh, the government, and in that I'm talking about uh, social security, retirement benefits, is generally there. The employer component for most ministers is there because we do, uh, within the denomination, we have the minister's retirement plan, which is a regular pension plan. It, you earn benefits for each year of service. And when you retire, your benefit is based on your years of service. And the average salary of all ministers in the US, or if you're in Canada, it's all ministers in Canada. So that gives you a base but then that's the third piece. What have you done for uh, as far as savings on your own? And that's the piece that often gets overlooked because as we go through life and we have situations where suddenly we've got children that would like to go to college, we have somebody in our family who perhaps gets ill, uh, it, it's difficult sometimes to put money away. But one of the things we have introduced, and again, this is available uh, at the CRC website, if you go to the pension area, uh, we are providing a uh, connection to Envoy Financial, which is a Christian organization out of the Colorado area. And they help set up 403B9 programs. Now, many of us have heard of 403B programs. It's a uh, defined 
contribution benefit plan. Uh, you put money in, perhaps your employer might add some more and over time it accumulates. The beauty of the 403B9 is it's designed for churches and ministers because as with your normal salary or the defined benefit pension, when you get distributions, you get the advantage of the housing tax deduction. Well, 403B9 also provides that benefit. Now, this is something new that only began January of 2020 as far as our offering it through Envoy. Uh, but Financial Shalom does cover the setup costs for that program. So if your church uh, would like to participate, it gets to decide who's going to be in the plan, what the contribution rate is going to be, but then Envoy has some pre-selected uh, investment alternatives that makes establishing the plan very, very easy. Now, one thing with Ministers of the Word, they are participants in our Ministers Pension Plan. And if your church does go with the 403B9, one of the stipulations is Ministers of the Word also have to be in the Ministers Pension. So we don't want one to separate the other because one of the things the minister's pension provides is not only retirement benefits, but your long-term disability coverage is part of that program, as is a bit of a life insurance program. So we don't want you to miss out on those benefits. You know, John, one of the challenges that we're uh, very sensitive to here at Barnabas Foundation uh, for church leaders and, and for pastors is um, the sometimes difficult nature of talking about personal finances in a public setting. That uh, that can be a topic that gets avoided, that gets talked about once a year or a couple times a year. Um, you know, in some situations, having that conversation about personal finances is uh, something that just doesn't happen. And uh, I'm wondering about resources through Financial Shalom that helps get those conversations started. Uh, you know, good resources for church leaders to share with church members uh, to begin talking about personal finances and how they manage their wealth. Well, yeah, it, it is a critical conversation to have. Uh, I know so many times people say, well, you know, when, when are we gonna have that money sermon again? Uh, because it's the once a year generally shows up about the time the budget's being approved. Uh, but what you really want is a good long-term stewardship training program. And one of the things Financial Shalom has done is we've connected with Crown Financial and their Money Life program is available not only to ministers, but we've set up a program where we can also provide it to every family in your congregation. Uh, they offer an online training. Uh, we do have it in multiple languages and you can get it in hard copy if you need to. Uh, and Financial Shalom has picked up the tab on this. So we really encourage churches to consider perhaps having this as an adult Sunday school program. And it's really designed not just for adults, but even teenagers. 
Uh, there was one church that uh, decided to try this, uh, an inner city church. Uh, they had a teen program uh, and the teens were so excited about it. Uh, at the end of the program, many of them went out and opened their own bank account, which is something none of them had done before. So it's a, it can have some real positives, but it, it's, it's more about your entire financial health and not simply, you know, getting you to put more money in the offering plate, exactly. which of course we we're hoping you do, but uh, it, it stewardship is, is so much more than that. Exactly. And again, uh, just for folks uh, that want to check out that resource, if you go to crcna.org backslash financial shalom, uh, you can find all the resources that John's been talking about so far. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about, John, I ask you about is uh, financial challenges for churches, for pastors related to the pandemic. That's been um, an interesting thing for me to watch sort of play out uh, across the country for, for churches as I've had conversations. Uh, to me, it seemed like overall um, there were some that seemed like most churches experienced the real dip in their giving and then slowly kind of came back, but, but not every church. Uh, some churches were hit really, really hard and um, maybe haven't still recovered. Uh, so can you talk a little bit, how, how did you see that for churches? What's that been like? And are there still resources available for churches related to the, the pandemic? Well, right now, uh, I, I look back and it was really March of, of 2020 when it seemed the country suddenly closed. Uh, we, we, as individuals, did things we didn't think we'd ever do. I, I never dreamt I would work from home for, for many months. Uh, you know, the, the Council of Delegates from the denomination actually met virtually. And our church said we can't have, uh, uh, you know, Sunday worship in the sanctuary. Well, what do you do? Well, what I found was that March and then into most of April, churches took a tremendous hit. And it was really, they needed time to figure out what do we do? Because this came on very quickly. Many churches were able to recover who had sufficient resources to be able to establish online church services, uh, the, who were able to take advantage of some of the online giving options that they had already established. But there were many churches that really struggled. And one of the things that we put together through the Financial Shalom program was the, the church um, resource fund where we uh, tried to provide help to churches. And we, uh, I think over a period of about eight or nine months, actually distributed over $850,000 uh, to various churches. Wow. Most churches got, you know, uh, modest gifts, uh, three, $4,000. Some of it was to make sure that the minister got paid because they happened to have a congregation where most people were laid off. Uh, then there were other places where they simply needed some help getting the right kind of equipment to uh, be able to do an online service. Uh, we had some churches that came back a few times for help. 
we also uh, provided, uh, you know, relief, uh, well, as recently as about two months ago. Mm -hmm. um, now, we have not had many requests recently, um, and the funds have been somewhat depleted, but that doesn't say that if something went uh, vastly wrong, that we wouldn't be able to somehow get together and figure out how do we help each other. Uh, that's one of the things that a nomination is here for is if there's an issue, um, we don't maybe not have the answer immediately, but certainly uh, that's part of our function, and at least in my mind, that, that we pull together. Absolutely. We are a covenant community and we need to live into that. Absolutely. John, one of the things that uh, I'm so grateful for is uh, your vision for these resources for financial shalom. Uh, your heart for for pastors and church leaders and your sensitivity to the unique challenges they face. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to highlight these resources with you. Uh, again, uh, check them out at crcna.org backslash financial shalom. And uh, anything else, John, that uh, came to mind that we should cover at all? No, I, I think that is it. Um, if you do get to Financial Shalom, I can tell you the individual you may talk with, his name is Nate Rabiri, and uh, he's the administrator for Financial Shalom. So the, most of this can be done online, but if you have questions, uh, connect with Nate. He's, uh, he's a good, uh, good person to help you discern what kinds of things you may need help with. Uh, I wanna just put a couple more reminders out there for folks, uh, for church leaders. If uh, you're able to watch this and share it with another leader, then please do that, uh, especially uh, perhaps uh, your pastor. Maybe you're a church leader and you're not serving uh, in the pastoral role, but. Uh, you're serving as a deacon or an elder, and uh, this is a really good thing to share with, with your pastor. Also, uh, again, I mentioned this at the top of our discussion that all of the church resources uh, available through Barnabas Foundation or from Barnabas Foundation to you can be found at church.barnabasfoundation.com. And also, uh, please keep an eye out for generosity today. You can download Generosity today at our church site, church.barnabasfoundation.com. And that is a quarterly newsletter. You can share it with your church. Uh, it's in PDF form. You can send it out as an email. And uh, that is designed to promote uh, gifts of non-cash assets and gifts and of will, which of course is our area of expertise here at Barnabas Foundation. So I wanna highlight Generosity today and encourage you to share that uh, with your church. Uh, John, again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for joining us today. And thanks to everybody else. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. This audio has been brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. Learn how we can help you experience smart and powerful generosity. Visit us today at www.church.barnabasfoundation.com.